0: So I I really do think that what happens is the stock market ultimately becomes a very rational place. Mm -hmm. These are typically experienced people who will get used to the change gradually over time and will begin to price things in. That's why you're seeing this acceleration in pricing and things like the bond market over time, right? The elasticity is returning. Right. But at the same time, other parts of the economy are not so logical and quick to keep up that's why they're lagging indicators and i wish i wish the government worked on like a real time bi interface where they could just log in and see like here's the jobless claims or here's the home prices but it's the government they don't yeah. operate on real time data right, right. their yeah, exactly. their report system is terrible it's coming right. from places like the census or the bureau of the national bureau of labor statistics and stuff i mean these are not what i would call quick to move government agencies if a government agency would be a quick move right. that's
1: an important thing to know exactly
2: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's The Higher Standard.
0: Once again, welcome back to The Higher Standard. I am one of two hosts. I am Chris, aka the Jeff Goldblum of podcasts, aka the Sasha Baron Cohen of real estate. And sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Uchi Wally Wally. Mr. Uchi Bang Bang. The Barry White of podcasting. The Fred Flintstone to My Barney Rubble, Saeed Omar, everybody. Hello, everybody. One of the things we want to do before we jump in is say thank you to everybody who's left a review. It's been uh, awesome to see everybody pop up and all the beautiful things you guys have had to say about Saeed and all the negative things you guys have had to say about me. <laughs> Uh, If you like the show and this is your first time listening, please subscribe. It means a lot to me. It does not mean a damn thing to Said because he's an arrogant asshole. No, 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 no. It means the world to me. And go ahead and leave an honest five-star review while you're at it. He's using that sultry voice on you. Don't Mm. fall for it. Yeah. Home purchase cancellations are above 15% for the second straight month. It's important to know the financial repercussions according to CNBC. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful statement, and, and one I, I felt they need to jump into. So in August, fifteen point two percent of home prices and, and home I'm sorry, fifteen point two percent of home purchase agreements fell through, similar to fifteen point five percent in July, according to a new report from Redfin. And we've talked a lot about how Redfin has been a pretty reliable source of good and bad information as a right. this economy,
1: right? Because I think when people hear cancellations, they're thinking that the buyers are deciding to step away. Well, th- it could also mean that the deals are just now falling through because people just are no longer qualifying.
0: They're not economically viable. Yeah. Right. And and a lot of that has to do with the rate environment. Yeah. You know?
1: Exactly. And uh, that's something that I wanted to bring up today too. So mortgage rates as of today are now moving up to 6.7%, highest mark since 2007. Mm. Mind you, last week, they were up to 629 This week- up to 6.7.
0: Yeah. I think the reality is starting to set in with the bond market and the stock market in general, yeah. And
1: I I think that this is the beginning of them already beginning to price in
0: the next rate hike by the Feds. You know, uh, normally, I would well, normally, nothing we're doing right now is normally in the economy. But what I would say is this, is that typically speaking, there's a lead up in the weeks leading up to the next interest rate increase. I, I think that could be true especially because the fed has moved the target rate so much higher you know i think it's what, four six or something like that or four or something
1: yeah 4.4
0: 4.4 4, whatever the hell it is they moved it higher which is up you know almost a little over a hundred basis points from where it was originally previously and i think personally that fed target rate is going to wind up being five percent or more uh right when it, this is all said and done that right. being said uh, yeah, there is a little bit of reality, but that's a good thing. So the, the, the quicker that the bond market will move to raise rates, uh, especially as like the treasuries like the 10 year treasuries move up, mm-hmm. the better off will be because that means elasticity is returning to the economy and the markets are acting what we've perceived historically to be rational again. Right. When you have a, the first 75 base point increase and the markets don't move and rates don't bump up and then a second one and rates bump up a little bit mm-hmm. and then a third one and now rates are finally starting to move. That's the elasticity. That's the physics of a healthy economy kind of building back. Okay. And we haven't seen this in so long, we think that it's weird and that it's it's happening very fast, but mm-hmm. this is what normally happens right. when the Fed raises the borrowing rate. Right. And what what this means for buyers today is they approximately
1: lose $100,000 in purchasing power.
0: Yeah, I, I was looking I've seen like a couple different studies on this. Or like like variants of sticks on social media, but mm-hmm the The amount of house that you could afford before versus what you can afford now, it's it's getting to the point where it's almost half the home that you could have afforded before. Yeah, uh, which is which is crazy when you think about it from just an overall economic perspective. Right that a versus like, house, a, yeah. like a like a three hundred fifty thousand dollars house now versus a seven hundred something thousand dollars house. Yeah, and in some areas, the, the the tangible difference is significant. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I mean, it, it's it's a real lifestyle change but for people.
1: That elasticity that you were talking about. Elasticity. 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 Uh, yeah. So it, it, this is this is now showing that this is what a healthy uh, economy is like, right? But some some other items that we noted that we would like to see go up are actually reversing, going the other way.
0: Oh yeah, this this just pisses me off because I've been having arguments about people with this since the day the Fed started talking about um, we're not in a recessionary economy. You're talking right. about jobs? Yeah, jobs,
1: exactly. Yeah. So yeah. jobless claims hit a five-month low, which is not good.
0: For the Fed. We should probably pause and say, I know a lot of this shit is negative right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this is really what's going on. And these are the articles that keep popping up. It's not like Saeed and I are saying, let's find some negative shit to exactly. on the show.
1: Uh, can you just imagine how pissed off Jay Powell is sitting at home
0: and seeing, getting these reports like, God damn it, what I'm doing is not working? <laughs> I think he's more pissed off that. Everything he's doing from Fed policy is being worked against by by the political landscape. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, that that in addition to, right? Yeah, it, exactly. He, everything
0: he's trying to do to try to move Fed policy mm-hmm. and, and make things happen is being set off by po- the, the political environment that's so overcharged right now. So, yeah. So, jobs, job numbers, unemployment numbers went down, not up. Right. Exactly. Jobless claims. Jobless claims. Yeah. So, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. And I think... So here's, what, here's my underlying theory on this. And, and I'm sure there's people out there who would think that I'm crazy for a number of reasons, and this probably is one of them. But so I, I really do think that what happens is the stock market ultimately becomes a very rational place. Mm-hmm. These are typically experienced people who will get used to the change gradually over time and will begin to price things in. That's why you're seeing this acceleration in pricing and things like the bond market over time, right? The elasticity is returning. Right. But at the same time, other parts of the economy are not so logical and quick to keep up. That's why they're lagging indicators. And I wish I wish the government worked on like a real-time BI interface where they could just log in and see like, here's the jobless claims or here's the home prices. But it's the government. They don't yeah. operate on real-time data. Right, right, yeah, their, exactly. their report system is terrible. It's coming right. from places like the census or the Bureau, of, the National Bureau of Labor Statistics and stuff. I mean, these are not what I would call quick-to-move government agencies if a government agency would be a quick move right,
1: That's an important thing to know, exactly.
0: So they're relying on these lagging indicators and these lagging totals and tertiary information that comes from non-official sources like the Redfin's, like the Zillow's and all that kind of stuff, which they will not tell you that they listen to, but they listen to. Mm-hmm. But the Fed is looking at stuff like P, you know, uh, PCE mm-hmm. you know, and core inflation, and they're looking at CPI. And these numbers are not exactly current in and of themselves, but they're relying on, on lagging indicators. Mm-hmm. So I think you see things like jobs going the wrong way, frankly, because the data stale. Right, I think the real impact that we're seeing is you're starting to see some companies do some pretty significant things. We talked a little bit about Meta before the show, mm-hmm. right? Like, so Meta's got a hiring freeze as of today. Yes. And it was it last week? I think. What was the article you cited? Where was that from? Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, Yahoo. Yeah. Yeah. Meta is reportedly putting some workers onto a 30-day list that gives them a month to find a new role at the company, right? Or leave. Or yeah. Or wow. leave. So apparently, I didn't
1: know that this was this was a thing. Google had done the same thing. Yeah. They gave people a 90-day window. so
0: Which in ca- the state of California, it's typically a 60-day warn notice, uh, mm-hmm. but they're taking a different tact. Uh, 30 seems aggressive, if, if you want my opinion, but yeah, 90, right. is, 90 is probably a little more gracious.
1: 90 is a little more gracious. But um, to put things into perspective, one stat that really stood out to me was right now, there are 11.2 million job openings at the end. of Well, this was as of the end of July. So this is how stale these numbers are. Mm-hmm. That's two jobs for every unemployed person.
0: Yeah. Well, so I, I think we talked about this before in previous shows and you guys should go back and listen to those shows because all of our old shows are just as good as the new shows. Yeah, exactly. If you're new here. You need to binge. Just as sultry back then. <laughs> <laughs> not so much. There was an episode with a certain individual named Tim Chiasano where Sai didn't say a word. It was very awkward for Tim. Only, it was very awkward for me. The only thing I said to him was at the end. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> so not always so sultry. Sometimes yeah. it was silent and sultry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You guys had a good flow going. You guys are yeah, best friends. Yeah, we are best friends. Yeah, that's just how it works. So. Going back to that episode in, in some of the other previous episodes, we talked a lot about how the jobless claim calculation is not exactly what I would call ideal. Right. Uh, the way we calculated is definitely different in work from home and some of the stat, stats that we've had out there, plus this artificial interest rate deflation and now stimmies that were handed out. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the way this number is calculated is wrong because when you think about the context, there are people out there who, who are going to be looking for traditional jobs again right now.
1: That and let's not forget that these numbers are going to be really skewed based on Hurricane Ian. I don't I don't know, you think? Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, it has to. It's a natural disaster. People are going to be filing, right? I mean, how how long
0: until that gets sorted out? I don't know if there was enough people in dense. I mean, so Naples was hit, Fort Myers was hit, um kind of all along the middle of Florida was I'm hit, not, hit. I'm not saying it's going to be a huge swing, but I think what'll be a bigger swing is when you see that stuff like Meta, you see this stuff. So, the tech sector got hit real hard. Yes. Real real hard. Right. And at the same time, a lot of these SPACs that were out there, like Chamath uh, from the All In podcast, he's mm-hmm. back. He's actually given money back to his SPACs that he raised money for, like I think two or three of them. Wow. And, and the reason why is it, this is not going to be an environment where you can take a company public, uh, from private to public, and make money for the next two years. Yeah. I mean, you you, you can probably make some money and it's probably viable, but you're not going to get the returns you once got. And that's part of this whole plan that the Fed's really diving into. There's a lot of like people who were talking about, oh, the, the Fed wants I saw Jim Cramer. Okay. Not, not in the notes of the show, but I saw Jim Cramer talking about how the Fed was doing the absolute wrong thing.
3: hmm
0: And it pissed me off to no end because I don't like Jim Cramer anyway. The reverse Jim Cramer fund will go to the moon. Everything he says is dead ass wrong. Right. But he was talking about how the Fed wants you to lose your home values. They want you to lose your portfolio of values. I'm sitting here thinking, no, the Fed wants to, to curb the inflation. Mm-hmm. That's their goal. But in order to do that, Mm -hmm. you need to draw money out of the economy. Right. And how do you you draw money out of the economy? You raise the Fed borrowing rates. You pull out liquidity with quantitative tightening, which is not exactly going ideal right now. And these things do have an impact on earnings for corporations. Right. We talked, I think it was a couple, I think it was maybe the last episode or maybe the one before that, where we talked about how when you take revenue out of these companies, you take earnings away from these companies. Yeah. And there's a multiple associated with them for, for valuation purposes. That multiples going to go down. The earnings are going to go down. So they're going to bring the values of these companies down. Mm-hmm. You've already seen the stock market correct a little bit. Yes, Some of the companies that have come out and reported pro forma changes for the year end because they believe consumer discretionary spending is going to go away. FedEx came out. They got murdered by over 20% because they said they were going to reproject their next year's pro forma based on what they think will be their new revised right. earnings. Right? Right, right. Are they proactive here or are they being reactive? I think they're being proactive. Mm-hmm. I think they're being smart, but their stock got murdered for it. And that's part of the evisceration of value, right? right. It, it, is the market taking value away from these companies because they're not expecting to earn as much in the next couple of years, which is then ultimately dragging the stock market down. But that's why the market is a better indicator of, of things happening than like the lagging indicators because it's actually a real time acceptance of the reality. Right, exactly. So I, I think what's happening here is you're, you're seeing a pivot where the market is now starting to see these reforecasts. And these reforecasts are going to wind up being really, really impactful for the jobs market. Mm -hmm. Companies only got so many levers they can pull. Yeah. At the end of the day, once you try to operate efficiently as possible, the easiest way is we're not doing as much business. We don't need as many people.
1: Right. Yeah. That that that's the route that they're going to have to go and take. Um, I read an article earlier today as well that a, a lot of companies. The reason why they're holding off on potentially laying off some of their staff is it was so hard for them to get people in the door. So they want to hold on for as long as they can. Um, but once these numbers start going the
0: other way, they're going to be forced to. Oh yeah. 1000%. And I, I think that, that it's only a matter of time before this lacking indicator of jobs really goes the other way, which is really fascinating to me is if you look at jobs as a lacking indicator, which we've been saying since January, right. That, Oh, the labor market's strong, man. Yeah. And for best profitable way in cryptocurrencies, <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't gotten over the email to myself. Uh, but but anyway, so many accents. Yeah, so many. Ac- <laughs> we we've been saying since since January that the labor market's strong. Powell said that, and his rhetoric. I don't know if you noticed, but his rhetoric has changed a lot. Oh yeah, it's it's no longer taking wicked, a different No no soft landing. No no yeah. He's pretty much said like this landing is going to be so hard, it's going to break your ass. He it
1: basically that's why he cited Volcker, right? Yeah. He's like, y'all forgot what Volcker did. I'm gonna do the same thing.
0: So I actually do believe that I want to get to a predictions part of this episode. Where we predict some things, but mm-hmm. I do believe we are going to see a double dip recession again. And I don't think it's because Powell's mimicking Volcker. Mm-hmm. I think the only way you can get to the Fed target rate of inflation of two to three mm-hmm. percent is by going through a rough patch. And I don't think I think behavioral economics the way that it is looking back at what Volcker did in the early 80s. Mm hmm. Was We're going to have a double-dip recession again because people have this e- e- perpetual optimism. They're going to full, hold on to the first thing. The second we start saying we're done raising rates right, uh, and we're going to back off, people are going to automatically start. And they're already saying it now, man, the, the Fed's going to have quantitative easing here as soon as possible. right? You remember the same time people were saying previously to, to now, obviously, they were saying, well, by the end of the year, the Fed's going to be forced yeah. To lower interest rates because <laughs> they're going to crash the market. Right, right. And I think pretty much now everyone's saying the Fed does not give a shit <laughs> yeah. about the market. F- F- yeah, they're not. Well, they're not supposed to. Right. They're not supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. They're not supposed
1: to. But you know, with what's going on in England right now, uh, which we briefly talked about before the show, is you know they they have their own uh, inflation that they're dealing with over there, and their markets were getting ready to take a dive. Mm-hmm. Um, and. They just turned the printing press back on and basically said that they need to start printing money at whatever scale is necessary to bring things back.
0: Yeah, I found that tack to be really, really weird. So they're bringing back quantitative easing.
1: Bringing back quantitative easing, allowing money to come back into the system to revive everything. Um, And now that's that's very
0: short-sighted. Extremely short-sighted. And this is actually what Kramer was pointing to, saying, look, England got it right. And, and let me tell you how right that is. The U.S. dollar is surging in value right. as it relates to, to to the to the pound, right? Yeah. And and now their currency is being devalued relative to ours, mm-hmm. which that's fine if you live if we're in the United States and our our value dollar of our our value of our currency is going up. That's all well and good if you're getting more salary to buy things, right? Because the inflation in this country is costing us more. So that extra strength of the dollar relative to Europe that might help with you know some. I, I don't know supply and supply and demand issues as it relates to you know foreign products being delivered here and maybe some you know global some national export so yeah export import I, I couldn't think of the word I was stuck on stupid yeah, appreciate welcome. the bailout bro yeah you got yeah. you but uh if you're doing export and import that might help a little bit for you in, for a short term but I, I think what winds up happening is China's market is still going through their issues mm-hmm. right Canada's going through their issues Japan's fucked too Japan's fucked too. I mean, this is a, a worldwide recessionary economy, and England's taken their tact at it, but I think this will hurt them long term.
1: Right, and you know people are going to want the U.S. to do the same thing, but that's only going to make the current inflation permanent.
0: Yeah, and we've always warned that it was a real risk, mm-hmm. and, and I can tell you right now, more than ever, there is some risk of that. Mm-hmm. I think that's why a double-dip recessionary economy, and that that is that is going to be probably one of my first predictions that we will see. A five plus handle on the Fed funds target rate, mm-hmm. five or, or more, and I do think that that'll give us a strong probability of a double dip recession, well beyond tw- see, I'm I, really 2020, 2023 will will not see a decrease in interest rates. I
1: think that okay,
0: Fed funds interest we're, rates. We're and we're basing you're basing all that off of being their... goddamn brilliant. Cy. That's yeah, what I'm basing yeah, that yeah, shit yeah, off. Yeah, I'm no, being goddamn
1: brilliant. I think what brilliant. you're you're basing it off of is that they're actually going to hold to their word and really go after that two percent. 3% target rate. No. Uh, right. Here's, here's if they don't, because what if they don't and decide to, you know, the term being thrown around is pivot uh, and go back the other way. It right? would be
0: foolish of me to think that they're going to, to hold on to anything that the, the Fed has been saying as gospel. Yeah. People like Kramer will say that they've ruined their integrity. Mm-hmm. Confidence in their opinion. I take a different look at it. I say, look, they're trying to, they're trying to be data driven. hmm They're trying to look at data, but the data is constantly changing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The environment that we're in is following another unprecedented environment before this that was prosperous for a very long period of time. People really don't understand what a normal economy is like in all businesses. Right. And we lose sight of these things. And as we lose sight of these things, we we begin to think that we're entitled to a good economy. I believe the Fed knows, because so many of them have been around doing this for a long time, that there's going to be... A likelihood of them backing off of the two to three percent target rate, but I don't think they, we're at eight point three percent. Yeah, we've moved point what two percent? Yeah, down no yeah 0.4% point four percent down. Point two. Or, uh, eight point
1: seven. eight point five. Yeah, or well, whatever. Well, Not yeah. they, they barely made a dent. Yeah, they barely made a dent. They barely made a dent. But here's the thing: based on everything that we're seeing and with gas prices, I don't know if you've been to the gas pump lately.
0: My wife's been driving my car. Oh, she <laughs> has. I've been yeah, it you don't know. I can, can I tell you? Uh back at $6.50. Is it uh, Yeah.
1: So, it. I mean, they're not going to get that same benefit this time around, right, on the
0: on the reports. Um, well, we kind of knew that was a summertime boost anyway, and then we knew that that wasn't... Right. Although I have heard that rents are coming down in markets, but I haven't seen a tangible impact in rents. So, the rent equivalent for the purposes of inflation is not going to have a dent. So, that's, mm-hmm. that's your 30 plus percent when you include all of housing, about 40% of inflation. Groceries are not going down. Mm-hmm. Gas is held stable, so I don't know that you're making a big dent in inflation at this point. I mean, what what do you know of that's gone down? Yeah, exactly. No, not much. And with the jobs reports coming Just, out,
1: I mean, home you, prices are coming down a little bit, but not a whole lot to make a big dent.
0: Not not enough for the rent equivalent to go down for right, most consumers, exactly, right? Exactly. So you're not you're not going to see a tangible impact to inflation anytime soon. Something does have to give, mm-hmm. and it, people expect this like overnight drop. It's going to wind up being this long, prolongated process. But I'll give you an example of a prolongated process. Right. We talked about in January about how home values had to come down. and So many realtors were like, that's never going to happen. Home values will not go down. The whole Dave Ramsey thing, Keeping Current Matters thing, all these people came out and they were talking about how, hey, you know, home values are not going to go down. Every realtor was on social media. Home values are not going to go down. Well, this is an article from Bloomberg. U.S. housing prices fall for the first time since 2012. Mm. That's, unmistakably clear yeah yeah right
1: yeah exactly
0: so i went ahead and did the responsible thing and looked up the article so i can make fun of a lot of people (laughs) right so it looks at an index of 20 cities and they posted their first monthly decline since 2012 right Mm -hmm. and let's say here the the original the opening sentence here was say goodbye to the housing bull run us home prices fall for the first time in a decade and are falling Mm. so I'm not going to go through it, but I'll give you one of the biggest quotes that I thought was is important here. And I've screwed this quote up for three times trying to practice it for the show because it's got a long name at the end of it. So right. yeah. if I screw it up, this is not me. This is Saeed's fault. <laughs> a national measure of prices in the 20 largest cities fell 0.44% in July. The first drop since March 2012. Here we go. The S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller Index showed Tuesday. Bam. Got
3: it Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, reading is fundamental. <laughs> so and, and I know exactly what the immediate response is by all people who are these bears in real estate. They're going to say, OK, well, home values might go down month over month, mm-hmm. but they're not going to go down year over year. Yeah. They're gonna say, yeah, And they're going to keep going. That They're going to say then then, it's after year over year that you want to you know, get clear declines. It's going to wind up being, well, home values typically go up historically over time. Mm hmm. And it's going to continually be this evolve. You're never going to get these people to admit that their original statements to you were wrong, and they did not understand the market. Right. It's never going to happen. But I'm going to keep
1: trying to get I it. I mean, if they're saying if if they won't admit it, and you know you've we've seen Jay is not going to admit it. Why why would they?
0: Well, I don't, I don't know that Jay Powell doesn't admit. I, I think he does. A, I think he does a terrible job in these conferences and listen to people when he explains the evolution of the Fed's thought process. Yeah. You get some of that in the minutes that you don't typically get in the conference, which is what's really more you know politicized, if you will. But I would appreciate the FOMC a lot more if they explained, okay, this is what we, cur- we previously thought. This is the data that came in that changed our that mind. That changed our mind. That, and, would be, that would be helpful
1: and beneficial to everybody.
0: And that would give people kind of a litmus test for what they're looking at and why it changed their mind a little more clearly. And again, some of that is in the Fed minutes. Yeah. But- a lot of it's left up to the imagination, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to leave it there because one article could be a fluke. Yeah, exactly. Two articles, not so much. This one from Fortune, housing prices plunge in 77% of U.S. metro areas. Here's a quote. The turn has finally happened. <laughs> I feel like that one's a pretty clear quote. Yeah, like yeah. That, that's that's pretty pointed as, as to what they think. So... This, this is pre- predates the, the 6.7%, but on August 22nd, mortgage rates hit 6.62%, the highest number in two decades. This is before it went up again to 6.7. Yeah. And twice the level at the close of 2022. According to the, and I don't know who the hell this is, the American Enterprise Institute Housing Center, prices nationwide measured month over month, fell for the first time in August since the depths of the COVID crisis, retreating 1.6% from July The turn has finally happened based on actual closing, says Ed Pinto, the Institute's director. I don't know who Mm. Ed Pinto is. Yeah. And I don't know who this Institute is, but I like
1: him. I like this guy. Yeah, they're good.
0: He should come on the show. As the kids say, we Gucci. Yeah,
1: they Gucci, man. We Gucci. So, But what's shocking to me about that is that goes completely against what your boy Grant Cardone has been saying. Who? Your boy Grant Cardone. Boy. (laughs) That's your boy, right? Did I
0: send the article today? You did. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to divert a little bit, but before we do, I want you to look at the screen that I just pulled up here. I actually found Mr. Edward Pinto. Oh. That's your boy. (laughs) He
1: looks like he knows what he's talking about. He looks like an Edward Pinto. Poor guy. They got the Pinto.
0: What are you talking about? This this guy's a G. Mr. Pinto, he's a G, yeah. Yeah, he's a straight G, but... The bounciest venue is Salt Lake City. Despite registering declines in February and May, a rare phenomenon for any city in the year's first half, it kept pull vaulting from those lows to capture big gains in other months, jumping 15% overall from the start of 2022 through July to rank among the hottest markets. But Mm -hmm. in August, Salt Lake City took the biggest hit on the list, tumbling 3.5%, given its huge run-up through mid-year, the rapid slide is likely to persist in the coming months. Mm. And this goes to show you that a lot of the markets where you have these year-over-year 20-plus percent increases are the ones that are going to get impacted. As a matter of fact, if you go back to that real-time map that I think I showed everybody a while back from Fortune showing like where values are coming down, yeah, the entire West Coast, especially Southern California, is really, really red,
1: meaning values are coming down. Right. Values are coming down. So, I mean, coming down 3.5%, they're going to need a lot more to bring it back to pre-pandemic levels. All right. So let's get into
0: this Grand Cardone
1: thing because
2: I really
0: don't like Grand Cardone. Yeah, I know. Don't. We're joking. Don't. That's not don't, your boy. I don't like him. He's not my boy. Yeah. He's your boy. Yeah. So here is the title that I woke up to. And you know what? God bless all y'all who sent me this article. And at the same time, I fucking hate you. Okay? Yeah. So I'm not necessarily sure we're friends or foes. Right. But I went ahead and posted social medias because this was too good. So... To give everybody an understanding of how this works, and I know because I hired a really shit PR company who did this to me in a couple articles and I had to back off from it over time, but this is published through a company called Bazinga, Bazinga. and Yahoo Finance picks this kind of article up, so it looks like a really interesting and profound article on Yahoo Finance, Right. however... This can be published to any third party and syndicated out this way so it looks like it's Yahoo Finance sponsored. And that's what it is. This is Bazinga. And if you look through right here, it'll tell you somewhere in this that it, the 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 con, the story comes from somebody else and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But here's the quote. The Fe- this is the title of the article. The Fed trying to control inflation actually created more damage, Grant Cardone says. The Fed ended most people's chance of owning a home. I mean, that that's just dumb. Right, because if the
1: Fed is trying to bring home prices down, yes, they can't afford they can't afford it now with these rates, but if the values come back down and get adjusted and corrected, then the rates can eventually come back down and maybe they'll be able to afford these houses.
0: Yeah. So well here here's the thing too. Grant Cardone has a vested interest in saying this.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: He wants you to think that he number one understands economics. And number two, he wants you to invest your money in him because you can no longer afford to buy a home. So you might as well make some money with your money. Yeah, exactly. So this, this is all very logically thought out. But the intro to this article was so just rock solid dirtbag. Yeah. <laughs> Ready? Grant Cardone, billionaire, TikTok star, motivational speaker and author of the 10x rule. Shared some thoughts exclusive to Benzinga. Yeah. Okay, let's just walk this through. Billionaire? No. Yeah, That's yeah. cute. No. <laughs> Based on what? <laughs> if this is what it takes to be a billionaire, I'm going to put out my own articles calling me a trillionaire, motherfucker. Right. And Grant, <laughs> yeah. Grant Cardone, billionaire, is talking exclusively to B- Benzinga. 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 Yeah. TikTok star. Yeah. In what fucking country are you, a tick- are you a TikTok star in China? I don't know about the U.S. I got to tell you right now, nobody's like, oh, TikTok, Grant Cardone. That's the accolade we want to reference? Number that, two. That's number that's two. That's number two. Motivational speaker. Bro, you've been the most demotivational motherfucker I've ever listened to in my entire life. You might do seminars, but I got to be honest, I've seen some of these. Yeah. They are borderline, like, you ever seen the, the, the goods, live hard, sell hard? No. Or whatever the hell it is. Oh, my God. He is like the used car salesman in that sh- I mean, he oh, is. And
1: I've seen his promo videos, his ads that come up on YouTube all the yeah. time. I'm like, God. My spirit. haters. Yeah. My <laughs> haters.
0: No, it's, you don't have haters because you're famous. You have haters because you're a dick. Yeah, you sound <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Well, Cardone is well known for his belief in real estate to accumulate wealth. If you're at, if you're at all familiar with Cardone... You heard him extol SAT vocabulary, bam, the possibilities that real estate provides, and why it's actually advantageous to not live where you own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this just happens to flow well into the idea that he sells this shit. Yeah, yeah. He's made a fortune with Cardone Capital. Yeah, robbing which, people, allegedly under investigation by the FBI. Right, which pays investors monthly. Grant Cardone and Cardone Capital is not a real estate investment trust or stock. Cred-owned capital is a long-term investment vehicle structured. Okay, first of all, let's pause. Why is all this shit relevant to the hi- the title? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, they haven't even touched on it yet. Because this is all the SEC required language that he knows he needs to try to get out in advance so that he can solicit you to be an investor in his syndication. Yeah. And I'll go over and over. Uh, Carefully curated. right? Yeah, yeah. At least 10 years, it operates crowdfunded real estate platform. Grant Car- uh, Cardone Capital buys high-end real estate and rents it out to creditworthy renters. Cardone is arguably the most effective real estate mogul in the world. By whose fucking standard? God damn. Who? Yeah. Who is who? saying he's the who most fucking that? real estate? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not Donald Brennan. Yeah, people on TikTok. Yeah, not the <laughs> Catholic Church. The two of the two wealthiest landowners in the world. But Grant fucking Cardone, who, by the way, owns fractional ownership. Just He's he, a syndicator. He
1: just, he just says that he is, so everyone, everyone repeats it, I guess.
0: And certainly one of the most well-known. Eh. His success in the market seemingly influenced Amazon.com, Inc. founder Jeff Bezos to do the same. What? Right. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, an actual billionaire, one of the, wealth, the world's wealthiest <laughs> men. Put it in the safe set. Said, you know what? Grant Cardone's doing this. I'm going to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. As you'll read, Cardone's quotes align with Tesla Inc. CEO Elon Musk and his vision for the near future. What the fuck? So you are now putting yourself in in par, on par with two of the wealthiest individuals in the world. Right. Right. This is, I mean. Does anybody believe if you're listening to this podcast right now yeah, and you believe this yeah, and you think that that's a natural correlation? Please unsubscribe. <laughs> yes. We, we can we cannot help you help yourself. Believe a five-star review on your way out. <laughs> yeah, believe an honest five-star review on the way <laughs> yeah. out. These guys told me that I was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Love them. Right, Five right. stars. Yeah, exactly. They and were honest. And voice sounds like ass. ass and Chris yeah. is like <laughs> <arrogant>. <laughs> So I could go on and on. This is so bad. But he, he, he went on and on to name companies like Airbnb. And for the reference point here, mm-hmm. these are all ways to get SEO, search engine optimization. Yeah on the web and get your name associated with these people and to get more clicks on your article.
1: Right, so you, so you also pop up when... Other this was
0: all right. done by design to get an article out there which puts him on par, which sells his brand. And mind mind you, we're like, what, three, four paragraphs in? And he hasn't mentioned it all, the Fed. Nothing, nothing. Nothing about the Fed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you go all the way down here, there's not a lot here
3: mm-hmm.
0: about the Fed. So I'm not going to read the whole thing. It was just hilarious to me. It pissed me off to no end. But I, I do want to point out he did cite two people that I think, and this is, again, not in the show notes. I apologize I'm getting off topic. No. Uh, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Right. In this last year, they have sold billions of dollars in their positions in their companies. Right. Billions. Yeah. I don't know the exact number, but I looked at it a little while ago. It was, it was pretty significant. When two of the world's wealthiest men, I think the top two wealthiest men in the world, right? Right. Musk Musk, yeah, right? Whatever. If not, close to it. yeah. Uh, these two men, who have tons of wealth advisors and do not just arbitrarily do things without talking to their CPA and everybody around them. Right, yeah, if they're very selling
1: calculated individuals,
0: if they're selling off their core assets mm-hmm. to hold liquid cash. Right. You could argue in each of their case they have a reason to do that, like for example, Elon Musk and the whole Twitter deal. I don't yeah. believe that's it. Yeah. I think the motivation for this is they are preparing for the economy ahead of them. Yeah, absolutely. Cash will be king. And that is one of my other predictions from this episode okay is that i do people ask me all the time chris what are you doing right now nothing yeah i will say and i'll make a second prediction that we'll follow up on i will say that october is going to be one of the most pivotal months that we look back on for this recessionary economy and we say this was huge why we've talked historically about how the month after the quarter ends So january february march april gets reports for q1 right right? april may june july gets reports for Q2. q2 july august september October. October gives you those reports for Q3. Right. And October is where we're really going to start seeing those reports drive home. Okay. You're which gonna start...
1: which resp- reports are you primarily focusing on?
0: So I'm looking at corporate reports, people like FedEx who took those hits. Okay. Right. They're going to start changing their 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 pro forma into next year about what they think the company is going to do for 2023. Mm-hmm. They're going to start entering the fourth quarter thinking, okay, what is our profitability going to look like in 2023? And they think that Fed policy is going to do what it says. They're not mm-hmm. going to lower rates. They think consumer spending is going to get tighter. So you're going to start to see things happen. Amazon backed out of a ton of real estate transactions. They were we trying know, to build yeah. warehouses. We, we talked about that. that on the shows. Right. These, everybody is preparing to tighten up the purse strings. Yeah. And because of that, I think October will look back on and say, this October was a very, very pivotal month. It gave us a ton of information about what we think the future of the market will look like for these companies. Mm-hmm. And it's going to show their commitment and belief that 2023 is going to be a very because the Fed has said we're not planning on lowering rates during 2023.
1: Right. They've come out and been very firm on very
0: that. firm on that. They've said they haven't said anything about a soft landing. No, it's, no, no. you know, can we not break our tailbone on the hard landing.
3: Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it,
0: it's it's going to be tough. So I I do think that that October is going to be very very pivotal and we're going to see a lot of good information, a lot of interesting things happen here. Uh but there's there's certainly cash is king is my is my thought. And I think even for me at the end of October, November, December, I'm going to start tightening up a lot financially. Yeah. Right now, I'm still living life like I normally do.
1: Okay. And you're still doing it because I know you said that there's no true hedge against inflation,
0: right? But so to keep investing in the keep, things you can invest in.
1: Keep investing in the things that you're investing, but at what point- But that's long term. That's long term. Yeah. At what point do you also maybe stop doing that and start hoarding more cash?
0: Now, October. Oh, okay. October is when I start doing that. And I think there's a number of reasons why I want- to, Well, first of all, I always keep more cash than most on hand, but mm-hmm. I think for me- what I'm really looking at now is, is I don't know exactly what investment I'm going to buy into next. I just know that I want to have cash on hand to start buying in in pretty quick, quick turn. Yeah. So I know that interest rates will be high in real estate, but I love real estate. Yeah. I'm willing to to buy into real estate with low or you know lower than I would normally get cash flow, mm-hmm. knowing that in two or three years I can refinance, refinance down to a lower rate. It. Yeah. So I, I'm willing to take the short-term pain for long-term gain here because I'm trying to double my portfolio size. That has been the goal of the last couple of years. I haven't been able to do it because of all of these things that have been happening. And now do you wait, uh, like how close to the bottom of the curve do you wait? Or I don't. I, I'm, not, I'm not looking to bottom out. And I think that's where a lot of people, you can certainly have uh, paralysis by analysis, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. What I want to do is be ready, see the economy start to stabilize or, or balance out a little bit. So if we go into October, November, December, discretionary spending's down. We start to see the holiday spending come down. You start to see these these reforecasted budgets for companies. We go into 2023. Unless there's something that's completely unexpected, and I don't really see anything that I can see on the horizon backing off Fed policy. And we hold rates where they're at. Yeah. Mortgage rates will have some volatility, but it'll likely stay where we thought that the target rates will be, right? We we called six high sixes, low seven. Uh, yeah. Right? Six to seven percent, whatever we call it. Yeah. You know, so,
1: the chief economist for Realtor.com even called uh, seven and a half by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, that might be aggressive, but it might not. If we if we get some really bad prints and the Fed increases interest rates on their seventy five basis points between the next two two interest rate increases by the end of the year, and at the same time we get an economy that's beginning to be more responsive, mm-hmm. there is some possibility for that. Certainly in into the Q one of next year that, that's a, that's okay. a real possibility.
1: Okay. But so when you when you're when you're getting ready and preparing yourself to maybe jump in uh, on some real estate, what it, are you just analyzing prices? So you're already looking at prices in areas and markets that you're interested in, and just waiting for those to come down, uh, be
0: corrected or adjusted a little bit to pre-pandemic levels. Like what what are you really looking to see? So I know certain markets that I'm in really well. Right. Yeah. So I know what I've bought throughout the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I know the valuations I bought. Several years ago, so when I was buying properties for I think it was one hundred and sixty-five or one seventy-something thousand dollars that are now call it just under three hundred thousand. Yeah. Uh, or in some cases even more than that. I know that I want to see numbers closer to that. Yes. And that I know those when I bought way back when at like five and six percent rates, I know they cash flowed then. Yeah. So to me, that's kind of my target. If I can get them closer to two hundred,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I get a six or seven percent rate, I know that. I can pay those down.
1: Yeah, you're fine. You're cash flowing. Though. I'm
0: cash flowing. Yeah, even if it's break-even cash flow or it costs, you know, it it, it puts a little bit of money in my pocket, but the, the overall net return to me isn't what it, the costs aren't what I normally would, would carry. I know that long term, a seasoned real estate investor that's smart and has ample cash flow can then take that, refinance that position, and really create a monstrous cash flow right. when the time comes.
1: And also, you're not you're not a slumlord, right?
0: But you. you might. That's very you, kind of you, you might.
1: You might also benefit, or if someone else is looking to do this, they might also benefit from the high rents right now.
0: Yeah, but I, I don't like looking at the high rents either. So and that's not
1: you, but I'm just saying in general, like if you, yeah. you get some, if you do buy a property, you might also benefit off that.
0: A little bit, but I would I would caution everybody very very strongly about looking at at maximum upside rent potential in this market because rents are a little bit. Volatile right now. Yeah, exactly. And at some point in time, those those rents will stabilize and come down slightly. Exactly. Uh, in, in my so the one that I think we talked about last, the one the last one that I rented out was rented up five or six hundred bucks above what I had it before, mm-hmm. which is all cash flow to me because thing was cash flow like a monster. So that's just extra money in my pocket every single month. Yeah. That winds up being you know six grand a year plus. Yeah. So that that that's good money for one door, one rental property. Right. I I think that. If people look at the long-term maximizing profitability when you're buying, you're looking at the wrong thing. What you should be looking at is trying to get as many assets that are better than break even. Don't worry so much about the cash flow right now. If, if you get in this whole like, oh, I got to buy a property, it's going to give me amazing cash flow right now. You're, you're not going to get the most amazing cash flow. You're going to need to get that over time.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's when you're paying down principal in addition to interest, when you refinance in a year or two, now you're going to turn that thing into a five or six or $700 a month property when it was maybe $100 a month before
1: right you gotta think long
0: term so the mistake that i made jumping into the game wasn't necessarily a mistake it was kind of a i was a victim of circumstance i i started buying real estate with the idea i had to make at least 250 bucks or I had to make at least 400 bucks or whatever 500 bucks mm-hmm. and i did but finding those deals took time but i was so worried about not having money and losing my job back then and, and you, well, I, you, it's what you're doing you yeah right? exactly that so you, That's what you, 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 you say, had your own bets. you right? say to yourself like i gotta be able to make Rent covered, no matter what happens on this property, because I don't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. Well, at this point in my life, my my perspective is a bit different. I'm willing to do whatever as long as it doesn't take money out of my pocket every single month. Even if I have to cover cover you know rent when somebody moves out or something like that occasionally, right? Yeah, a month or two here and there, I'm good because I know the more I own, the more upside potential I will have over time. Yeah, I don't care about my cash flow today anymore. I got enough, I'm good. Yeah, you've reached that point.
1: Now you can focus on other things.
0: Now it's about, I want to build as maximum as big a portfolio as I can and then spend my later years maximizing that cash flow. Right. And that's where, because I don't have the need for money now per se, I can take more risk in investments and longer term plays than I think most people listening to the show can. Makes sense. And I, I think that's that's the idea. So, But I do think if you have a steady W-2 job... Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, you and your spouse work and you guys got good cash flow and you're a good strong financial sponsorship, that might be a good way for you to invest right now. You know what? We're going to buy this. We're going to rent it out. It's not going to make us a ton of money every single month, but we know over time we'll be able to improve the cash flow. That might be your best bet in this market. Mm -hmm. Find a property that makes sense that'll cover itself with $100 a month free cash flow in your pocket, right? Whatever. And know that you'll probably run into some expenses that'll cost you some money over time, right? But in the next couple of years, you'll be able to make that more profitable.
1: Right and how how important is it, uh, on on a scale one to ten, finding that perfect property manager?
0: Oh, it's huge. Uh, my sister extorts me for ten percent, like I've said before, but <laughs> she argues that it's market, and I argue that it's not. But uh, three to five percent. is does a She sure. does an amazing job, and she does handle everything for me, which is good because I'm lazy. Yeah. Uh, but well. But it's also in a, in a market that's far away that you can't attend to. Yeah. So, she, it, so she's a super attentive. She treat, treats it like it's her own. And she's got a ton of pride of ownership in them. She was going over over to one of the properties that I had vacated recently Mm -hmm. Um, and she was vacuuming every single day because there was uh, some fleas there and stuff like that.
3: Wow.
1: So wait, what what would you consider is market for a property management company? You, you're saying you're paying your 10 but you're saying that was above market.
0: I would say 5 to 10% for single family if you have one. Some of them just charge you a flat fee of like, you know, 100, 200 bucks a month. It really depends on the market that you're in. There's a lot of variability because there's a lot of people chasing that market. Yeah. When you get into multifamily commercial real estate, 3 to 5% is pretty much nationwide, like the average number. Yeah. Now, some of the larger properties will have additional fees built in, like when there's turnover to roulette and stuff like that. But for most people who are listening to the show and you're in the middle market, uh, mm-hmm. of commercial real estate multifamily 3-5% to 5% is the number yeah. yeah yeah that's what you'd expect to pay alright yeah alright alright I like it I like it when you uh, get all sexy with a voice on me like that alright so before we go I have a couple other things to throw out that I'd like to talk to you about okay one of which is so we talked about mortgage rates we talked about where we think the market's gonna go we talked about all these things that we think are going to be impacts the economy. What are you doing to prepare for? What,
1: I'm trying to hoard cash man. I want to get my first, I actually That's such an arrogant
0: answer. I can't believe you would say that.
1: Listeners don't know this but I would love I would love to be able to uh, buy my first investment property. Yeah? Yeah. What would you buy? That I've still got to do research on. I don't know. I, I like the idea of having to be somewhere close by that I can attend to. I don't have the luxury of having
0: What's close by? Riverside? Yeah.
1: That's close enough. Huh. That I, I can drive to, see myself, maybe do some repair work of be, I don't know. But um that interests me. because it is it'll also be like a little passion project.
0: Wow, so you just totally shit on my business plan? Well. That you don't you don't you don't do like Midwest like me?
1: I would love to do the Midwest like I don't know if I can afford a ten percent property manager though. Yeah, I know. Bro. It's, it's extortion, man. I tell you, <laughs> I would, I would love nothing more than just, just trust your judgment on the Midwest. It was all
0: cute and shit when it was like one property. When you start adding like a lot more into it, you're like, wait a minute, these are thousands of dollars that are going. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, wait a minute. No. Like, this is a Lamborghini payment. Yeah, let's go back. Let's go I would and, not oh, buy all the Midwest because I'm not arrogant. <laughs> it's just to, just to be clear, I would Man, not actually. You do are that. so on a scale of one to ten. I am a solid one as far as arrogance go. I'm the most no, humble no, no, motherfucker no, no, you no, ever in your entire uh, life. Hold on, I'm hold on. arrogant about don't being do, humble. Don't do that. Don't do that. What are you talking about? Don't do that. What are you talking about? That wasn't the question. I'm I am uh, arrogant I'm about being
1: humble. The question is. So this is going on three or four weeks now. How upset are you on that one? I think they were trying to say in a complimentary way. That you took the wrong way. It was a
0: compliment. This I get it. It was a yeah, chris Chris's arrogance kind of funny. LOL. Yeah, his It's it's your it's your way of your it's your sense of humor. Yeah, but the problem is is not that. It, the problem is is that review came in the context of Said's also sultry. No, oh, that you hated that. Yeah, you like hated that. That wasn't a compliment. This that was yeah. like, and you had to look it up. That's the part that follows me the most. <laughs> yeah, so you yeah, know but, what I meant. Dude, I, I, all I want the
1: listeners to gather from oh, this Jesus is Christ. is that I have their backs, and I I appreciate all the Why all do the you reviews. Have their backs? Yeah, because I, I I respect that review. They were honest. I was,
0: was an honest five. I am review. damn sure positive it was, that person was. It was an to you. You have honest five. No idea. It was
1: an honest five. No review.
0: idea. By the way, my wife approached me today, and I was I was shocked. She listened to the entire last episode that came out. She did. Yeah. She the, listened to each the, one. For the listeners of the show, this was the Tuesday prior to this episode dropping.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: She listens to most of them, but not all the way through. She got you know our son in the car, or whatever. And she's like, "Why did you talk about me pooping?"
1: oh yeah man you i was like when you shared the story i was like but she you she weren't
0: talking about her poop you're talking talking about about me pooping yeah you're
1: talking about you pooping yeah yeah
0: but i was like look everybody poops babe (laughs) we all do it yeah we're trying to be relatable so so okay let's be relatable let's be honest with one another okay and i'm gonna give you the same test i gave her okay let's go Sayed and i have now repositioned ourselves to look face to face okay all right look do you pick your nose yeah, I have to. You have to clean it. You have to. It's a yeah. goddamn. Hum- I can't tell you how many people I've asked that question. They're like, no, nah, man. I don't. know, man. I don't pick my nose. Yeah, but it's a the, biological yeah, thing. You, you have gotta, to you, do it. You have to follow it up with. Do you pick your nose with it with a tissue paper or do you wash your hands after? If you pick your nose with the tissue paper, you're an asshole. I'm sorry. I, yeah. Like I'm sorry. Like no, <laughs> you, you can asshole. blow your nose with tissue paper. <laughs> okay, I'll do this. Nobody I'll, I'll enjoys this. I, picking I, their nose. I,
1: I, I will not pick my nose and then go out of my way to shake someone's hand or something. No, no. But yeah. let's
0: be honest. If you're gonna pick your nose, having having like a finger condom of like tissue on it, is not, it does not yeah. feel good. You want to okay. get in there and get okay. raw. I pick my nose, but okay, what else? And I wonder if girls with nails when they pick their nose, like, yeah, like that's don't... gotta feel better, right? No. You think? That's gotta hurt. I'm not talking about like, the long, long, long ones, but if you got like, you know quarter of an inch or something on there and you scratch it in there that's got to be like a tool
1: right that has got yeah that's imagine the ones that
0: accidentally cut themselves then it just starts bleeding that's not a thing
1: that's got to be a thing i yeah. mean
0: <laughs> i got a funny story <laughs> that i probably shouldn't tell that i'm gonna tell anyway yeah so i get these testosterone shots once a week right okay and i just have my blood drawn so we'll talk about it on the next show like what, what numbers look like but um uh, and i don't know i'll get, I'll get my numbers back tomorrow or, or monday but um while i was in hawaii my wife gave me the shot because she's a nurse right, right. She's, you see i see you nurse so she knows yep. what she's doing Never before have I ever bled when they gave me a shot in the butt of like testosterone. My <laughs> wife gave me a shot. I was bleeding everywhere.
3: <laughs> I was like, What
0: did you do? Yeah. Why are you trying to kill me? <laughs> yeah. I don't wanna Wait, die. So, you take the shots at home? No. So whenever you travel, they give you like these uh, little So first of all, I'm a brown dude going through an airport and TSA. Man, you couldn't miss one week, you had to stay on top of it. Nah okay. man, this is my hormones. I, my- <laughs> I don't want PP to shrink. Like I don't I don't know how this works. Like this is all new to me, right? Yeah. So so, um, they give you like this like black bag, which is very discreet looking, but also very terrorist looking. It's just not, yeah. not very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And inside of it are all your prescriptions and like the needles and they're already pre pre-filled. Right. Oh no. So and they, if, if the, for testosterone and the HCG that I take, you have to put in like an ice bag and we took it to Hawaii. Right. So we take it to Hawaii and it's got the prescriptions. I'm already freaked out about going through security, this thing. I'm like, this is, oh, yeah, you
1: always getting pulled off to the side with the last name, the hippie.
0: Yeah. It's, it's just going to happen. Random check, sir. Dude. <laughs> I got another story, I, I, you know, damn, it, we're going to go here anyway. Okay. I got stopped in the Hawaii airport and they were checking my son's bag and I'm looking on the TSA screen and it's clearly a backpack and he had like this square like travel bag on wheels. It's clearly not his bag. You can look at the, like the, the, just the right. picture and go like that. I'm like, excuse me, sir. Um, uh, he's like, this, this has a shaving cream can it. I'm like, no, it doesn't. First of all, he doesn't shave and clearly neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> right. So, um he goes, no, there's a sha- there's, there's a there's there's an aerosol shaving cream. I'm like, dude, that is not his bag. He's like, sir, please don't touch the, the equipment. And I'm like, uh, look, man, uh, uh, I'm just trying to tell you, you're searching the wrong bag. The guy you, whose bag you want probably just rolled off with his aerosol <laughs> cream that you want to stab him for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kept me there, bro. He emptied out the entire thing three times. And then he finally looked at the screen and goes, I think we got the wrong bag. I'm like, man. Oh. <laughs> oh totally. Man. I want. He this ruined is, all my aloha, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your whole aloha, <laughs> yeah. You yeah, ruined, yeah, yeah. ruined my whole vibe. Yeah, now he's got to lay you. Yeah. No. No one. Late? No one liked me. Uh, well, you know, while I was uh, white. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So wait, what was the other story you said you wanted to get into? So you know, I have this this bag. Of, I'm going through security and everything else, but I'm freaked out about it because you know I don't travel with syringes. No. Okay. Never have. You know, I, and I don't. I don't really know if like someone's gonna be like, this is cocaine or you know heroin or something. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Like it's is weird, right? right? Yeah. Exactly. No one said a word. You know they'll show up on a screening. No it's, one said a word? It's acceptable. They're just like, all right, cool. Wow. Because I don't want to have to explain to everybody in TSA, like, you know, I know I look buff and everything. <laughs> oh, but, hell no. See, <laughs> see, just for the record, that was comical arrogance. Yeah, comical not arrogance. Not real oh, arrogance. <laughs> okay, I'm arrogant about being humble, okay? Yeah, okay. All right, just to be clear. <laughs> just to be clear. That's not what that is.
3: Uh,
0: all right, well, oh, the wife's car's getting wrapped. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, had yeah.
1: mentioned how... I, I couldn't believe it takes... A week to get done. We can.
0: Well, we're also powder coating our wheels and, and then um, some of the stuff on the Tesla when you wrap it, yeah, uh, you have to paint certain parts of it. That would be uh, normally the chrome delete because you can't just like right. put the black, black vinyl over it so it takes a little bit longer. But uh, the last story I was going to share was the one I shared with you before where my wife doesn't know this, is that when I got there to drop off the car, okay, I was wearing uh, Lululemon black shorts uh-huh. and uh, a black yeah. cutoff shirt because I feel like a buff. Arrogant. Again, comical <laughs> arrogance. <laughs> comical <laughs> <laughs> arrogance, okay? Yeah, okay. And I dropped this car off, and I realized it was in the neighborhood that I used to live in when I was a kid in Fountain Valley. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Chris. No, we went, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, right across from the Seven Eleven that I used to play video games at. So I stopped at the Seven Eleven in my wife's Tesla. I got a beverage, uh, energy drink, mm-hmm. and then went across the street. I was just reminiscing because I was looking to see they had video games there. They didn't have the video games there and I go across the street, and I pull into the back of the shop. We have the car in there, and I'm talking to the owner. Yeah. And this police officer rolls up and goes, hey, um, you guys see uh, see anybody strange come by? You guys see anything? Uh, we're looking for a guy wearing all black.
1: <laughs> You're like, uh, present?
0: Like shorts and a shirt. I'm like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> when lo- I do what I he, do He now. looks at me, and I'm like, oh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> And at first I was like, all right, whatever, no big deal. Like, you know, he, he kinda left, you know, whatever. We finish up our conversation a little bit. And then he comes back. No. And he's like, Hey man, I'm gonna need you to come with me. And I'm like, like, what do you mean I come with you? What was come? the wait, problem, little Yeah, 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 little yeah. like <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly.
0: little like, bit the a little bit of a little the of a You bit to the guy who owns the place. i yeah. You know, to you know, like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you to come with of you, you match the description. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I do not wait, match what the description. I bit of a little bit of a little bit of a brown dude wearing a black Yeah and I'm like, I get that you want to take me over there. I said, I'll walk with you. He's like, I need to put you in the back in the car and drive over there. I'm like, no, no. First of all, it's like it's like a quarter of a block over. There. I can see it from where we're. St- I can see where we're going right now. Right. Okay? This is a terrible place to hide if I can see where I robbed. car. Number one. Number two. I said, bro, I'm wearing like Lulu. I don't have anything on me. Right. Like if I rob them, I don't even have cash on Man, me, bro. Tom, this is some white privilege right here. You get you're negotiating with the cop. Right I now. negotiated my ass off. Yeah. So I negotiated to walk over there. Long story short, as we walk up there, like they get some like walkie-talkie thing, whatever, and they all found the guy He was one shopping like center over. So all my pitch about me not being the guy because I was too close to it apparently wrong. Right. The, <laughs> so the guy, the guy who what? What did he do? He robbed. He robbed the Seven Eleven. He robbed the Seven Eleven. Yeah, he robbed the Seven Eleven. So when I was in the Seven Eleven, I guess sometime between when I went there and across the street, some guy came in and robbed it at gunpoint, and oh they then, and he was wearing like all black. Yeah. If we would have gone in, they would have obviously known that it wasn't me because I was there before and laughed right. like, I and mean, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it's crazy. This is like. Sorry, man. I got to be honest with you. Sorry for the confusion. It was me.
1: <laughs> they confused you for me.
0: I got to be honest. Yeah. They wouldn't confuse that giant ass of yours with me. Come on, man. Come on, boy. <laughs> Bro, this, this You know, is you a pair. Muscle. <laughs> <laughs> you felt it. You felt it's it the other night it. on the ladder. Yeah, it's it's rock solid. Yeah, baby. But it's all booty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And no beauty. <laughs> oh, no. That's how we should end the show.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, everybody. <laughs> we will catch you not next week, the next time.
1: The next time. There you go. There you go. Bye, everybody. Why do you get the last word? Don't
0: touch that. that.
1: Bye,
2: everybody. Bye,
3: everybody. Shut up. Stop.
2: I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.